This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. You can find all my work at mjmonios.com. Welcome to Red Panda Report, episode 14, Nasty Woman. Red Panda Adventures number 14 originally aired October 21st, 2006. It was written and directed by Greg Taylor. And here's the copy. What could be finer than a peaceful Sunday morning? Just about anything, if your name happens to be Kit Baxter, and your hobbies include fighting injustice, protecting the innocent, and gliding over the city as the flying squirrel. But getting the city's mighty champion out of the garden and away from the newspaper is another matter entirely. If there's to be any excitement, the Red Panda will have to find it in the Sunday Supplement. So first I want to talk about suspicious butlers. Apparently, the Red Panda had to dismiss by hypnotizing a butler who had figured out that Kit and Red Panda were the flying squirrel and the Red Panda uh, three times. And he was hypnotized three times and then he was finally sent away because you can only apparently manipulate the same part of the brain, the same memories, the same ideas and notions in a single person before you risk doing any damage to them. And because Red Panda is a vigilante, but a hero and a good man, uh, he didn't want to ruin this guy's brain. So he sent him away to another household. And now the current uh, butler, who I can't remember the name of, but I believe he's the one who sticks around. Uh, he is uh, a decent chap, and he's concerned that there might be some sort of impropriety between a billionaire playboy and his very attractive uh, female driver who he spends lots of alone time with. So, that's kind of funny. As the copy mentioned, uh, you know, Kit Baxter has squirrel problems in that she has been so affected by being the flying squirrel, which I think we're at probably about a year now that she's been the flying squirrel, that she's been working with the red panda. And, or, you know, probably a little more than that that she's been working with him, because I would imagine she trained for a while, maybe a month, maybe two or three, uh, before actually donning the cowl and the uh, steel gray cat suit. And she can't handle it anymore, just being an ordinary woman, having an ordinary Sunday. And I think it's interesting to see the contrast between the two of them. She grew up, uh, and again, I don't know if this has to do with, well, I'm just saying their background in general. She and he grew up very differently from each other. So being that he's been Red Panda for some time before uh, she joined him as the Flying Squirrel, uh, just they've come to cope with the world of superheroics differently. And she's not done yet. She's still a zealot and an extremist, and she's still at the point where she wants to be doing that. She wants that to be her life. She wants the flying squirrel to be who she is and for Kit Baxter just to be uh, you know, convenient cover when time necessitates it or when the circumstances necessitate. Whereas the red panda has become the mask and his alter ego is just the thin character sketch like he, we, he talked about in, I think it was episode 12 of season one, Duality. And uh, yet, because of that, he's found a balance where as the red panda even and not as his former self, he still needs that time to unwind and to relax and to enjoy the little things in life, you know, aside from the servants and the mansion and all that uh, money that he has. I find it interesting that in their conversation in the garden, uh, Kit mentions that Chief O'Malley has withdrawn his uh, APB or his 
you know, whatever his call for the arrest of the Red Panda, and that's good. I believe I already missed my opportunity to read one of the books, uh, which relates to this specifically, but I kind of want to hold off because the books contain so many spoilers. I think I'll wait until uh, a certain point in the future of the Red Panda uh, books, or the Red Panda series, rather, to go ahead and delve into that. And if you're just so excited you can't stop yourself from reading the Android Assassins, then, uh, you know, go ahead and do it. I think that's the first book. So I want to talk about Kit's jealousy as well. Uh, they encounter this damsel in distress, Margaret... Not Margaret Lane. Uh, Margaret something or other, I believe is her name. And uh, she's a young, fresh-faced woman. We don't know if she's a society type or not, but she definitely is a, the, kind, the type of woman who uh, needs help and who you know, shrinks back at things. And Kit can't really stand that. Um, she seems to be jealous of the attention that Red Panda is giving to her, even though she appears to be a simple victim of the week, victim of the episode. And it seems a little strange, if not for something that's going to come up later. And I just find it interesting that she's jealous of this young woman who likely has no, uh, who is likely unable to hold the interest of Red Panda like the other society women that he uh, goes on dates with just as a matter of keeping up his identity as the billionaire playboy. And, yeah, I just find her jealousy interesting. Although, it definitely uh, betrays the idea that she has feelings for her boss, if that hasn't been uh, indicated yet. Then again, there are, you know, by working by radio principles, there are always new people coming in, and you always need to be able to introduce them to core concepts of the show, the format, and the program that you're doing. So me talking about Kit as the anti-woman woman will have more of a payoff later in the episode, but I'll just bring it up now. She says she, she doesn't say she hates, she says she doesn't trust women who faint because she's never fainted in her life. And uh, this is strange. I talked about, uh, what was I talking about? I was talking about something like comic books or Kamen Rider, which is Karate Bugman, Tokusatsu television stuff from Japan for kids, right? Uh, and I brought up this, and I'll bring it up again, Jane Austen, <laughs> and specifically uh, Pride and Prejudice. Uh, Elizabeth is talking to her sister Jane, and Jane says, Elizabeth, or Lizzie, not everyone is like you. You need to stop imagining that everyone is just so much like you. Because Elizabeth has a hard time understanding other people and seeing things from their perspective, and therefore tolerating, allowing, or no, liking, allowing, slash, at minimum, tolerating other people having different types of perspectives than she herself would have. And Kit kind of fits that mold, and it's uh, interesting because that's a literary heroine, and uh, I guess Kit would be a audio-something heroine, so I guess it all makes sense. Okay, and now I'm going to start getting to it. So this young woman, who they're trying to help out, turns out to be a, uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> she turns out to be not who she says she is. She is, in fact, a black market woman. And oh, that means, if you haven't listened to the full episode, then, you know, why not? But uh, it turns out she is none other than the criminal mastermind, the Golden Claw. And that's interesting for a few reasons. One, uh, it proves and it shows, it demonstrates just how clever and devious this woman is. Because she had... Uh, picked up the pieces of the criminal underworld that Red Panda had smashed and destroyed, I believe, all by himself before he and Kit got uh, to working together. And he, or, and then she was able to become the mastermind of the criminal world, and she was orchestrating it in a very 
profound way, very functional way. And she had a lot of moxie and was able to do a lot with that. But Red Panda and Flying Squirrel got her thrown in jail. She was arrested. And now she's made a comeback, except a couple things. One, she uh, is in a different woman's body. This isn't plastic surgery. She's somehow transferred her mind her heart, her soul, whatever, into that of another woman. So she's become a murderer. But more important than the murder is, that means that in the world of the Red Panda, in this 1920s, you know, Canada, <laughs> Toronto, whatever, there is enough science. I, this is implied. It's not stated specifically, but I believe it. I, I'm I'm almost, I'm 95% sure that this comes up later, like in the 80s or 100s of the run of the show. Maybe like the 60s or 70s. But anyway, um... There is technology in this world to transfer somebody's essence into another body and make them into another person. And she says that this isn't just a new face. This isn't just plastic surgery. I've got new fingerprints. I'm 20 years younger. And that's incredible. Um, so, yeah, I'll be really curious to see when that comes back up. And if it's with Golden Claw or if it's with somebody else, because I almost feel like it's her again, which is a spoiler, but I don't mind sharing it because it's it's speculative and uh, I don't think it's that big of a deal. So, yeah, she's the black market woman. Uh, and I say that because she must have done that. You know, she's run black markets before and she must have found that type of doctor or science on the black market because she said, you know, it's amazing what can be done for money these days, basically. She says that to Red Panda when he discovers who she is, uh, which he less discovers who she is and more uh, divines it or uh, puts it together. What is it? Dynamic deduction? It's a deduction. It's a deduction uh, that he does because he is a ace detective. And I find that to be interesting that he puts together I listened to the episode a second time and it made sense because <clears throat> her defense attorney was the one, uh, was Bryce. He was the one that Margaret, whoever, uh, you know, some lady, she mentioned who he was uh, or that he was her father's attorney. <laughs> yes, some lady. I just made an inside joke in front of one of my kids. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so I thought that was, uh, you know, it is a good detective skill. I mean, the guy was uncuffing himself while chained in a dangerous situation with his life in danger and he still figured out he still was able to put all the pieces together which is more than I could do I don't think I could even pick locks like that or I can't currently but you know how can I uh, practice I guess um so that was interesting uh next thing when Kit comes back and before she's realized I, I don't know if she's realized this is the golden claw or not but she helps Red Panda because uh, he tricked the doctor who is making this uh, device I'll mention in a minute or two, uh, or a couple minutes, uh, he tricked him into activating the radio ring and sending a distress signal out to Kit, basically, to come and save him. And she uh, she kind of mocks Red Panda for putting having a judo hold on Golden Claw and enjoying it too much, you know, because he's so close to her, and she was jealous of the young woman earlier, yada yada. Um, I gotta imagine Kit's no older than 25, so maybe uh, this new body that Golden Claw has is like a 20-year-old woman, and, you know, therefore jealousy might seep in. Uh, but anyway, she comes over, and she slaps Golden Claw so hard that she passes out, and then they're able to tie her up. Um, being that she's a murderous villainess, you can understand why she would do something like that. But Red Panda says afterwards, nasty. Like, oh man, you're, like that was bad. How hard you hit her and knocked her out. And she's like, ah, you know, you enjoyed it. And uh, he feigns uh, innocence. No, I would never enjoy something like that. How could you say that? And uh, then Kit also mentions that she uh, might be late getting into work the next day because she left her alarm clock at the house of one of the uh, toughs that was working for Golden Claw. And it turns out that she left 
<laughs> she left that clock there. Uh, it's just her alarm clock and was pretending it was a bomb. So in her own way, Kit is a, a nasty woman herself. And uh, it's just kind of interesting uh, how that dynamic works out and how that quality of that severity and that harshness and that, you know, grit to go as far as you need to go can take a person in different places, whether that's the heights of heroism or the depths of villainy. So, speaking of the different qualities of women, uh, I thought it was interesting that Kit exercised or uh, showed women's intuition because she was suspicious of Golden Claw all along, and she had many reasons, but uh, perhaps one reason is that she sensed that someone was off with her and that she was, you know, going to turn out to be somebody big and bad, which she did. And uh, that's okay with me. It's just ironic that she had such a hard time with women's, you know, fainting and their softness and their delicacy. And yet here she is uh, utilizing even unconsciously women's intuition. And uh, I, like I said, I find that curious. Curious and kind of fun. Alright, so we have some first appearances here, um, well, sort of, uh, no, no, no first appearances, I guess just the first appearance of technology that can turn somebody into, that can transfer somebody into another body, which is weird, um, no real gadgets mentioned, except I don't know if they have mentioned the use of boomerangs before, uh, in their activities of, uh, super heroics, but here Kit mentions, you know, you're, the last episode, it was funny, the last episode, it was, you're the one who, uh, you know, like, who's going to keep me in grapple guns and gas grenades if not for you? And then today it's, you taught me how to use boomerangs and grapple guns, and now you expect me to just sit around and wait for lunch to be ready on a Sunday uh, Sunday morning or whatever. Um, that's kind of interesting. But a actual new thing that I know is actually uh, unique to this episode is this electrical field disruptor, which... Uh, it's funny, uh, Red Panda is talking to the doctor who developed it, and there's this paradox that this electronic device disrupts electronic devices, so how can it operate itself in order to disrupt those electronic devices? Although we have EMP, uh, well, you can get an EMP right now, electromagnetic pulse, by detonating a nuclear bomb, or by other means. I'm not exactly sure what all the other means are. I know there's a company out there called EMP Shield, and EMP Shield will protect your stuff from getting uh, destroyed by an electromagnetic pulse or lightning strike, and uh, anyway, that's interesting. But yeah, I don't quite know how that would work, and there's something interesting about the fact that, I, uh, I've mentioned this before, but I don't know if you remember it, but Red Panda and Flying Squirrel They have masks that cannot be removed because when you or a bad guy tries to remove the mask of the red panda or the cowl of the flying squirrel, they receive a dramatic electrical shock which stops them from proceeding. Uh, however, red panda and flying squirrel do not receive the electric shock. And the... I, I, I don't know if that's a paradox or not, but it's mentioned to the doctor, to obviously say to the good doctor, but he's the bad doctor, that perhaps the way that Red Pen and Flying Squirrel are unaffected by his disruptor field is whatever shielding that Red Panda has put into the masks to stop them themselves from getting uh, electrocuted. So that's kind of interesting. And I, I, I want to say that comes back later, but I don't think it does. Um, and I think every time I've listened to it, even including the first time, I thought, oh, I'll be curious to see how that's utilized in the future because Red Panda sees uh, the plans for it and I guess if he sees the plans for it, he's enough of a genius to be able to figure out how to make it work for himself. Maybe he can see the key factor, the paradox, the, uh, di uh, what do they call it? It's a, 
it's like a bypass circuit or something like that that allows um <laughs> that makes time travel possible and uh yeah i i just think that's interesting but i like i said i don't think it comes back again so uh, i'm gonna go ahead and wrap up it's time for me to get out of here i thank you for your time and attention i thank you for listening and i hope you look forward to more uh good exciting interesting episodes of Red Panda Adventures from Dakota Ring Theater. And remember, you can always go to dakotaringtheater.com to find more of this good audio stuff. And you can also check out Blackjack Justice, which is uh, Martin Bracknell's immortal detective who has great adventures with uh, Trixie Dix and the girl detective. They're a his and hers detective team, and they have a really fun and interesting dynamic. So anyway, without further ado, I thank you for listening. This is MJ signing out.